Welcome to I Run Radio. Coming up, getting the news, you've made it to Boston. I'm just like a mom with three kids who, who likes to run. And uh, Boston is just one of those. It's, it's always been just out of reach. And I think um, it's been an amazing uh, journey um, training. It took, I just had a little quick look at my map, my run history. And certainly since 2012, I've run something like, I don't know, 14,000 kilometers. So <laughs> to get there, um, to get to the point where I could qualify. Inspired by his daughter, a father takes up marathon running. She did her training. And in April 2012, she she knocked off uh, her first uh, marathon, and and I was just so um, impressed with that uh, that discipline to go from zero to marathon. That the exact day that she uh, told me she'd completed the marathon in Madrid, Spain, I went online. I searched for a marathon, and I I registered for one, and. Uh, and had no idea what I was getting into. And a destination race in Reykjavik. Everything was was really neat and and done very well. And um, after the race was finished, um, I took our two boys to the public pools in the city. And so they've got five different hot tubs in these public pools, and it's all heated by natural um, spring water. And yet they've got each one heated to just like a slightly different temperature. And I have to say that that's probably like the best thing that I've ever done after a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <laughs> perfect. To, go to a place where there's natural hot spring hot tubs, um, each heated to like a very specific temperature. It was very really cool. cool. On this edition of I Run Radio, we'll talk to a runner who got the great news recently that she has finally been accepted into the Boston Marathon, plus a father whose daughter inspired him to start running. Now he's doing one marathon after another, and two runners share their story of a destination race in Iceland. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of I Run, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. How are you this week? Ah, feeling great. And uh, we've got a new issue of I Run Out, which is exciting because it has Bianca Andrescu on the cover, the uh, U.S. Open champion, the Canadian tennis star. Yeah, and what's so great about her is that she attributed 90% of her tremendous success to mental adjustments that she's made to her game and just her approach to the game, which is what I find so fascinating how it relates to the running is that so much of what we do and so much of what we're looking for, you know, isn't going to be another speed workout you try or whether you switch from whole wheat to, you know, um, gluten-free bagels. Right. But, you know, you're, it's, it's a mental switch that you need to turn. And, uh, and she was very um, exemplary for how you can do that. Yeah, it is. Uh, so much of it is mental. Of course, look, there are physical limitations. You're, you know, you've got, I'm, I, well, I could train and do all the right things, and I would still not be able to run as fast as an Olympic sure. marathon runner. Uh, but, but so much, especially, I think, long-distance running, so much of it is mental. You know, and what's funny, too, is what you always find, and I find this with all of the athletes, like from the Olympians, like Natasha Wodak, who's had such tremendous results, what Bianca says, generally what they think of and what they say is it's not that they try harder, it's that they enjoy the process more for them to unlock their success. Yeah. And of course, this uh, the, the story about Bianca is written by Lanny Marchand, right? 
Yeah, which I just love doing, and who and, and Laney looks up to, and Laney is the uh, is an Olympic runner and a, a running hero, and she's got the second fastest Canadian marathon time uh, in history, and she uh, and so and so Laney really found a lot to it because Bianca came back after injury. You know, she was at the Rogers Cup; she had only practiced about three weeks prior, so you know she was really she missed Wimbledon and she missed all this stuff, but she came back from injury and she came back stronger. So. Laney found a lot of uh, inspiration in that story. Yeah. And I do find uh, the stories of, of uh, elite athletes relatable uh, because of my running, even though obviously I'm not, uh, you know, a, an elite athlete. I'm not somebody who's ever finished on a podium or anything like that. But when you are training for something and you make it your focus and it affects your eating and it affects, you know, you're, you're focused on getting more sleep and you prioritize that, you, you can relate to the experience of somebody who is at this full time, right? That's the thing. It's a metaphor. I mean, the same way, you know, all of us have nagging injuries and we have to miss, you know, a half marathon that we want to do for our goal race. You know, there's ups yeah. and downs, but the same way, the whole thing is what all of the story is and what life is. And the only thing that we try to preach is perseverance. And if you can enjoy the process, look, that's the best. Yeah. Hey, we talked last week to your friend uh, Ben, who uh, is in the Boston Marathon. We've got another story of a runner who has finally qualified for Boston uh, and and been accepted. Because, again, there is a difference between qualifying and being accepted. There sometimes is a cutoff that happens where some people who qualify don't get in. And this runner, right. this runner didn't get in last year, but is getting in this year. So we're going to share that story coming up. And we have a wonderful story about a guy who didn't take up running until one of his adult daughters inspired him to do so. And now he's doing marathons on a regular basis. He didn't start until I think he was in his 50s. Uh, and he's just totally hooked on it. And his daughter actually doesn't run as much anymore, but he does. So that's kind of cool. I love those stories. Yeah, you know, you never know when it's going to strike or how it's going to strike, but what's just good is when it does. Yeah, exactly. Now, is there anywhere in the world that you would like to run a marathon that you haven't? Is there some big destination race you'd like to do? Oh, sure. I mean, boy, I've only run... You know, I've run in only a few places. I mean, more than most, but still. I mean, I oh, I could you imagine running in Tokyo? I'd love to run in Athens. I'd love to run in Paris, Rome, you know, sp- anywhere, any sure. city you could think of. I mean, I'd like to go anywhere, uh, and all the places that I'd like to go to, I'd like to run marathons there. I know we have a writer going to the Istanbul Marathon. Like, how cool would that be? Wow. Yeah, and you've done Jerusalem, right? I've done Jerusalem, which was so extraordinary. I mean, yeah. Oh my lord! You know, I was having people are out in the street having like religious experiences, and it it hailed, it was sunny, it rained, we had a rainbow, and it was you know it was really wow. profound. Well, a little bit later, we're going to share the story of the Reykjavik Marathon in Iceland, which is a very popular destination race as well. So we'll have that coming up. Ben, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it, my friend. Ben Kaplan, iRun's editor and general manager. Coming up next, one year after missing the cut, a runner gets accepted into Boston. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. And this year, it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. 
Like many runners, Sandy McLeod has been trying to qualify for the Boston Marathon. A year ago, she actually made the qualifying time but didn't get the cutoff time required to be accepted into the race. But this year, she is in. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mark. And congratulations on qualifying for the Boston Marathon. Thanks so much. What it's does been this... a pretty great week, I have to say. <laughs> no kidding. What does it mean to you? Oh, um, Boston's been a bucket list for, well, I think since I ran my, my first marathon, which was a little while back. It was in 2012. I ran Philly, and uh, I did a, a 406 there, which I was, I really had no expectations. It was one of those... Um, I'm going to do a marathon, and I'd like to finish. And then, of course, as soon as I ran that one, I, I thought, well, a sub four would be great. Um, and uh, I ran a number of races, a number of races, probably one, probably another four where I didn't do so well, and it was much more challenging. Um, and then, then I got closer and closer to to four minutes, uh, sorry, to four hours, uh, and it became a bit more of a reality that I might be able to run Boston sometime. Yeah, and and so why Boston? What is it about this race? I, I know from my own experience of why I chased it down for so long, and I've talked to other runners, but for you, why did Boston become so important? Well, a number of things. I mean, it's the history of Boston, I think. It's uh, such a storied race, and, and um, it's kind of you know, I'm never going to go to the Olympics. <laughs> I'm just like a mom with three kids who, who likes to run. And uh, Boston is just one of those. It's it's always been just out of reach. And I think um, it's been an amazing uh, journey um, training. It took, I just had a little quick look at my map, my run history. And certainly since 2012, I run something like, I don't know, 14,000 kilometers. So <laughs> to get there, um, to get to the point where I could qualify. And um, it's such a great race. And then a few years ago, I actually had the pleasure of doing a half with a bunch of uh, girlfriends, a women's only race in New York City. And then um, we went to Boston the next day. And honestly, I mean, just the energy in the city, like everybody was out. It was all about the race. Um and and I thought to myself, I'm like I'm. It just doubled my my intensity and my my desire to get there. So um, so here I am. I can't yeah. I actually can't believe it, but uh, of course I still have a whole training cycle ahead of me to get there and to actually run the race. But uh, I think getting in is is the hardest part. These Absolutely. Days. Uh, so you actually went to Boston and watched the race one year. Yeah, yeah. The year after the bombing, actually. Okay. Uh, so it was. Uh, it, we had friends who were running. Um, in fact, well, I call them friends at the time. Um, I hadn't met most of them. They were part of a larger running group, um, an online running group that I'm part of. And so uh, it was this, like, international group of people, and it was a wonderful experience um, cheering them on and meeting them at the race. Um, and and we were we had kind of parked ourselves just before Heartbreak Hill, um, so, you know, that was still to come for the runners, but the energy is amazing in the city. The whole city rallies around the race. It was wonderful. It was a good, like, it was a good weather day and <laughs> everything. And yeah. it just made me, made me want to get there that much more. Yeah, I'm sure. That alone would be enough to, to make you want to run that race, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me about the event in which you qualified. Um, so I, I, I'm one of the, 
a group of, oh, there's thousands of us last year that had qualified but didn't actually make it for 2019. So I can go back two years, um, back to Richmond 2017. So Richmond, Virginia, I ran, um, so my, my PB had been a 406, and I ended up running a 355. So my goal has always been to, to break four. I'm, at the time, I was 49. Um, and... So for me, that was a massive PD, um, coupled with the fact that I, I knew at 32 kilometers that if, you know, barring any, like, I don't know, I fall down and I break my leg or something, I was gonna, I was gonna break four, but I had no idea that I would, um, run the, run as great a race for me personally as I did. Um, so I ended up with a 355, 22, so you know, people were saying, oh, for sure you're going to get into Boston. For sure you've got enough of a cushion. It'll be fine. And, of course, last year um, there were so many entrants who had reached the qualifying time that I actually missed out probably by about, I think, I think you needed 450, 450 something last year, 4 minutes 50 above, uh, like faster than qualifying time. Right. So I missed it by about 40 seconds probably. Um, and wow. I found out through through an email, somebody sort of sent a condolence email to me and said, oh, Sandy, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what do you mean you're so sorry? <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, I saw that they had uh, posted the cutoff time and I hadn't made it in. So fortunately, I had already been training and I was running Petit Crendonald about, um, I guess it would have been about two weeks later. And I had a great training cycle and uh I ended up PBing and qualifying again on the new standard, um, and I ran a 351 and change. And again, so I've had this, you know, a pretty good buffer from the BQ time for my age, um, but I was not confident. I was very conservative this year in terms of my hopes. It's a long time to wait from October to September. Yeah. Um, and and this, I, I have to be honest, um, from the day I... Uh, like I was super happy that I was even able to register on the Monday, like that it hadn't, they hadn't posted the cutoff time yet. Um, but I wasn't, uh, I was still really conservative and not expecting necessarily to get in. So when I did finally get the email, I was, uh, pretty ecstatic. <laughs> I can <laughs> imagine. Can imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you so had to wait 11 it, months, uh, to register. I had to wait 11 months. And yeah, to find and out, for me, you... it kind of it kind of feels like I've actually waited more like twenty two months because <laughs> of, the, of the previous the previous year experience. But it's all worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. a year ago, you had made your Boston qualifying time, but you didn't make the cutoff. You run another yep. race, and then you you know you've you've got a, another qualifying time, but you have to wait eleven months to find out what the cutoff is. And then exactly. you, then you get the email. So just describe yep. what it was like when you got the email. Well, I was at work. <laughs> I didn't have a very productive day. Hopefully my boss isn't listening. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I really, you know, I didn't really start checking my email obsessively until the Wednesday. It was like a t- full 10 days after um, after I was allowed to register um, because I figured, you know, you get updates from the BAA telling you when they're going to start sending out acceptances. Um, and so I did a lot of email refreshing that day, I have to say. And, um, and I was in the middle actually of a a meeting with my, my staff and I sort of stepped out and I refreshed my email and, uh, it was hard because there, there was only a few people around who really, you know, I would have shared that with, but I did immediately share it with someone and then, um, and then, you know, let my husband know and, 
my family know and my friends in Sunday Run Club, like Dane, let them know immediately. Um, and it's still, it's still, it's still kind of surreal, I have to say. So, <laughs> but, but what did you I, think I when to... you when you actually received the email and you saw that email? What did you think? Um. I guess, uh, I, I honestly, I read through the whole thing because I wasn't sure. Because last year, I got the opposite email, right? Yeah. The, unfortunately, you're not accepted. So I did like a thorough <laughs> a thorough read through. Um, and and then, um, I, ha- I, I mean, I, I was super ecstatic. And then I also thought, oh, my God, winter marathon training in Ottawa. Now I really have to be serious <laughs> about it this year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so I started doing my research. I didn't, I was, I'm a little bit superstitious, I guess. I don't think in general I'm a superstitious person, but I've like not booked a hotel I in Boston. I, I haven't looked at training plans. I haven't sort of, I hadn't until Wednesday when I received the confirmation. I, I avoided all those things. I guess, you know, I'm, uh, you, you're, you protect yourself a little bit after sure. last year's experience and not getting in. I was, I was, uh, I, I certainly wasn't I didn't uh, fully expect that I would get in, so yeah. it's fantastic. And and I have to say that um, uh, in the meantime, I've had so many positive experiences um, related to running. And um, last fall, I actually uh, was an Achilles guide for an athlete in uh, the New York Marathon. So that happened actually after I had um, qualified again. Wow. Um, but I've just, yeah, it's running, running's been amazing. So if I hadn't got into Boston, yeah, it would have been, <laughs> it, it, it would have been disappointing for sure the second time around, but I, I hope, uh, that I would have dug deep and, uh, continued to, to, to go for it. I'm sure you together. would have. So what are you most looking forward to about running the Boston marathon in April? Um, I'm going to have, I know that I'm going to have lots of friends and family there and that's, uh, That'll be a, a fantastic experience. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting. I'm on a number of um, online groups. I, I, I use, uh, <clears throat> sorry, the Hanson's Marathon Method. I have, in, in fact, the two times I've um, BQ'd, I've been using Hanson's. And it's a six-day-a-week kind of grind. Um, but there's, on, you know, because we can connect online, you can yeah. sort of commiserate, commiserate with people when the cumulative fatigue is is wearing you down. And uh, uh, a number of a number of people from that group have have qualified as well. So, you know, I look at these uh, these opportunities to to meet new people from different places who have you know they love running, and that's something that's so so dear to me. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And 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 boy, I've I've been I've been a spectator at Boston, so. I know the crowds are amazing, and uh, and I think it's it's going to be such a wonderful experience from start to finish. I'm sure it will be. Sandy, congratulations again, and thank you so much for joining us on IREN Radio. Thank you so much, Mark. Love your book, by the way. Oh. Reading through for the third time. <laughs> thank you. That's Sandy McLeod, who will be running her first Boston Marathon in April of next year. Congratulations to her and all the other runners who qualified and got accepted into the race. Coming up next, a really neat story. My friend Jen Traplin took up running a few years ago, and she ran her first marathon, and that inspired her dad to take up running. And now Jen isn't running as much, but her dad is doing marathon after marathon. We're going to share his story coming up next. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. 
and this year it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. Steve Traplin didn't take up running until one of his adult daughters inspired him to do so. Now he is running marathons on a regular basis. Steve, welcome to I Run Radio. Thank you, Mark. Great to be here. So tell me a little bit about how running has come to occupy such a big place in your life. How did this happen? Well, this is uh, actually my oldest daughter and uh, someone that I believe you worked with previously. Yes. In the in radio, and my daughter, Jen, uh, she announced to me, uh, this is about seven or almost eight years ago, that she was uh, signed up to run a full marathon come the following spring, and, and that was uh, for team and training for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and, and that was as well to support uh, a colleague, uh, you know, Greggy Bear. Yes. And uh, so that was her mission, and I was all for it because, you know, it was a great cause. Uh, but I got to tell you, I was a little bit concerned given that she was a couch potato at that point. <laughs> and, uh, but she went out and she got herself a coach. Um, she did her training. And in April 2012, she, she knocked off uh, her first uh, marathon. And, and I was just so um, impressed with that, uh, that discipline to go from zero to marathon that the exact day that she, uh, told me she'd completed the marathon in Madrid, Spain. I went online, I searched for a marathon, and I, I registered for one. And uh, and had no idea what I was getting into. But uh, I, I ran my first marathon then that, that October on my uh, 58th birthday. So you were inspired by your daughter, and you ran your first marathon at 58 years old. That's incredible. That's right. Yeah. Now, I had always, I'd, I'd done some running before, Mark, but it, to me, Mar- uh, running was just a, an activity that I did to warm up before I worked out. That okay. was it. And, and maximum would be 3K. So, so as Jen was training, I, I just felt compelled to, uh, you know, try to parallel a little bit of that. And, and you know, uh, it was a bonding opportunity. So I would go out and do a few runs and try to push my, uh, my distance up a little bit. And we would chat about it. And, but I never, ever thought uh, that this would uh, bite quite as hard as it did. Um, in fact, when I finished that marathon, and the first one I did was in PEI, I loved it. But I, I framed the bib, I framed the metal, the picture, the whole works, because I thought it was one and done. That was it. I was just going to take it off the list and uh, say, that's, that's enough. Um, but, you know, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't stop thinking about, well, you know, it just felt so great to cross the finish line. Why wouldn't I want to do that again? Right. So is that when you got hooked? That's when I got hooked. I um, I didn't do anything right away because uh, I wasn't really researching a lot about running at that time. I, I really got all of my direction from going and reading the book from The Running Room, John Stanton's first book, and I just basically took the, the uh, schedule out of his book. I didn't question anything, and I just did it. So I really wasn't researching at all, and I thought that really – you just ran one a year. That was really all you did uh, because it would be so, uh, you know, so challenging and, and, and take so much out of you. But 
you know, I didn't feel like I needed a big, long recovery, but I, I, what did I know? So I didn't sign up for one until the following year. And I went right off training uh, as far as running was concerned. And what really, I think, got me hooked, Mark, was when I, I decided, all right, I've been off for five or six months. I better start training because I've already signed up for one. Um, and I hated having to go back to scratch again. Right. So it you... Just, yeah, you had to start over, basically, right? So right, yeah, over, and and you know what it's like if if you know, you've previously been running ten k's like they were an appetizer, and then you know months later you go out and after two k you're going like I'm done, <laughs> and it, I, it really incensed me. So I I made a pact with myself that I wouldn't let myself uh, get back to base again, and I would always maintain some level of mileage, and and the best way to do that from my point of view, was just keep signing up for races. Okay. So how many marathons have you done in total now? I've done 27 full marathons. Wow. I've done one half, or, or one 50K ultra. Wow, I've, good for you. I've done about 30 half marathons and, and a handful of the, uh, you know, 30K around the bay, and likely another 50 or 60 shorter distances. I think of well over 100 races now. And that's all in the last six or seven years. Yes. Yeah. In fact, the first two years, I think I only did five or six races in total. So I've done about a hundred in the last five years. Incredible. So you must obviously love not just the running, but the events as well. Being at being at the events, being with other people, crossing that finish line, all of that. Absolutely. I think what appeals to me, and I didn't know it initially, but it kind of grew on me, is you're at an event where everybody's there of their own free will to do something good for themselves. And uh, because I'm not a fast runner, I end up, you know, in the corral with much slower runners, a lot of first timers. And I really think that's where the human interest story is with people who are, are running not just because they want to see how fast they can go. For many of them, this is a real life achievement. This yeah. is a pivot point in their life. And it's amazing to be uh, in that group. And, and and as you know, I mean, you, you don't have to be a lean, hard body to do a, a pretty decent run. I mean, there's all kinds of ages and body types and walks of life. And it's just sheer grit and determination, and they make it across the line. And I think that's a that's an energy level that's hard to get in a lot of other things we do in life. Yeah, it's and we're all there, and we're not really competing with each other. We're all kind of on our own timetable and our own plan, and and you can support each other. It's great. And so, tell me about some of the events you've done. Can you can you uh, tell me about some of the the marathons and half marathons you've done that you've uh, you've enjoyed in particular? Yes, I've I've, uh, I've only done uh, one outside of Canada, and that was just in San Francisco in July, which was an awesome run. And in terms of scenery, that was uh, you know really really hard to beat. The elevation was hard to beat too. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a grinder, but I loved that one. The rest of them have all been in Canada, and and they've gone from you know the uh, the, the very very large events like the Ottawa Race Weekend, which is uh, you know my favorite, and I've done the. The last three years, I've done the Lumberjack Challenge, which was, uh, I, I love that, uh, you know, having to load up the 2, 5, the 10, and then do the full the next day. Um, I, I think one of the more interesting races I did, and it was very early, I think this might have been my third marathon, 
uh, I did the Trapline Marathon in Labrador. And I've uh, heard of that only, one. Yeah, it, it, it was, there was 19 of us. That's it. Um, they put you on a little bus, and they drive you 42 kilometers out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they drop you off, and, and a guy dressed up in an old trapper suit with a shotgun fires his gun, and uh, that's your start. And <laughs> that's it. You're like out in the woods for 42 kilometers until you get back to Goose Bay. Um, and man, I'll tell you that the whole the whole town of Goose Bay shows up for the after run party. It's it's quite a bash. Wow! So that that that's a that's a great run if if you want to put one on your bucket list to uh, um, you know look at the the scenery is awesome. Um, the the uh, community response is incredible considering you know how small a race it is. Uh, now there's there's several hundred other racers for the fives, the tens, and the halves, but. Uh, Man, it's a pretty small little pack when you're 19 sure. people starting out, and me me being a, a little bit slower than the majority of them. I mean, there was there was kilometer after kilometer. I couldn't see anybody in front of me, and there was nobody behind me. It was, <laughs> it was just me. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you know, some of the highlights, Mark, for me, I, I love the Ottawa uh, race weekend. I think that's that's a, a rock solid must do in my books. Um, but I've, I've done some interesting ones. I don't know if you've heard of the Mudcat Marathon in, uh, in Dunville. Uh, it's an interesting little okay. run. I've done the St. Lawrence uh, a couple of times. Um, and uh, Hammer the Hammer, which is, uh, you know, I, I like the challenge runs, and I don't, know, I don't know why I inflict that on myself, but I, I like the ones where you, you run a few short distance races before, and then you, then you load up and do the right. full marathon after. And what is it that keeps you going? What is it that makes you want to do more events? Well, again, I think there's a discipline that uh, is forced into the mix, uh, but it's also uh, I I run solo, but I have another daughter uh, who is running a little bit more consistently. Jen Jen uh, did some running, and she every once in a while goes out in some fun runs. Um, but I have another daughter who uh, has done several full marathons, lots of half marathons, and, uh, and around the bay with me. And it's, it's a great bonding opportunity for me as a, as a father to be able to not only, um, you know, text back and forth with my, my, my kids about their running experiences, but then to actually go out and do the run with them and cross the finish oh, line that's hand nice. in hand. Yeah, and, you know that's <laughs> it's like we that's did special. the army run here uh, on Sunday, and you know there's that's you know from a from a father's perspective that's the epitome right there. Is like you know hold my daughter's hand, go across the line, man. That's pretty hard stuff to beat. Absolutely. Well, it's all very inspiring, Steve. I'm I'm very impressed. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on I Run Radio. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Appreciated being on it. That's Steve Traplin. Coming up next, a marathon in Iceland. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. And this year, it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. Wendy Wagner and Rick Dearden have shared their stories of destination races with us before. They are back this week to talk about 
the recent Reykjavik Marathon in Iceland. Wendy, Rick, thank you for being with us once again. Thank you. It's great to be checking in with you guys again about another destination marathon that you've done. So uh, what prompted you, Wendy, to do the Reykjavik Marathon? Um, well, you'll have to ask Rick because he chose this one. <laughs> okay. So I think, I think it was a bit of timing and also the destination, obviously. But yeah, yeah. that one's for him. Okay, Rick? I just needed needed a fall marathon in, on the schedule that was the one that was the most interesting, never been to Iceland before. And so we decided to, to go there. And I have no regrets. Right on. I just, I love the way you put that. I needed a fall marathon. I, only a runner would say that. That's great. <laughs> uh, so what was Iceland like, first of all? Well, Iceland, I, I recommend anybody to go there. I've never been there before. It's like a geological wonder. Um, you know, you have geysers, you have glaciers, you have volcanoes, you have waterfalls, you have the Teutonic plates where North America meets um, Eurasia, literally. The first parliament of history was there in 1930. So um, it, it was just wonderful and the people were great the food is great I, I highly recommend anybody to go there and in particular to run this marathon if you get the right weather and it's it's just awesome yeah wendy what did you think of iceland um yeah that was great it was like it was a lot different than i expected because um like a lot of people we know have actually gone there so it is a big tourist it seemed like it was a big tourist destination and yet when you're there, it feels like really vast and barren and you can drive like we rented a, a car because things are actually quite far apart that you'd want to see. And you can drive for miles and miles and literally see two other cars. <laughs> <laughs> so although it's very touristy, it's not um, it still feels like very open and um Remote and vast and yeah, remote. Yeah, exactly. And the landscape's really different and interesting. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really neat. Cool. Did you know, by the way, fun fact that the first lady of Iceland is Canadian? I did. Yes. Know. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. She grew up. She grew up in yes. Ottawa. Eliza Reed is her name, and she grew up in Ottawa. Anyway. Just a little aside. Um, she met her husband at university, and he was a university professor, and they have a system uh, comparable to ours, except that their version of the governor general is someone who actually runs in an election and gets elected as as president, And uh, but it's a largely ceremonial role, and and uh, he became president. So there you go. Huh. Yeah. Well, now, I'll give you a fact from my fishing guide, because I did fly fishing there with my two boys before oh, that sounds Wendy like fun. came up and joined us. And he told us that um, uh, the prime minister uh, deliberately found a way to be out of the country when Vice President Pence was visiting the week after uh, the marathon. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so how was the marathon, Wendy? Um, it was good. I mean, it was. we were really, really lucky with the weather because... Um, it, it's Iceland. So it, <laughs> it was actually quite cold. The rest of, like, while we were there, kind of the marathon was at the beginning of when we were there, at least when I was there. I came a little bit later. 
Um, and the, the weather was fantastic. So it was maybe 10 degrees when we went out, so we didn't have to wear a lot of clothes or anything like that. And then the high was probably about 15 and full out sun. And that was really, for me, that was the only nice day that I was there, but that was the only nice day that I needed. So, yeah. yeah. So, no, I thought it was great. And Rick, how would you describe uh, where you're running and, and what the event itself is like? The, the event was wonderful because they also do it on what they call culture night. So it's uh, it's like Canada Day. So so you have the the full marathon, the half marathon, there's a 10K, there's a 60 or 600 meter run as well for little kids. And then they, they have the musicians and bands playing all day. And then at nighttime, it's like Canada Day on Parliament Hill where they have their lead uh, uh, bands playing, and it's all televised as well. And then at the end of it, they do this unbelievable uh, fireworks show, and a lot of the country comes into Reykjavik for, uh, for, for that. So we got to experience all of that. It was, it was like uh, you know, a marathon culture day. Right. Sounds great. And and the race itself, is it mostly in the city? Yeah. It's it's but you, you're along the like you see a lot of water uh throughout it. Um and but it, but it's all yeah, all in the city and it's not like two half marathons loop, it's it's like twenty six point two loop. Right. And, and you you see the city. And are a lot of people in this race, Wendy? Because it's not a very big place, obviously, uh, 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 population-wise. Um, yeah, I don't remember how... Well, I do, because I looked it up, but um, Rick will correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe 1,000 in the, the full marathon, like it was pretty, or 700 or something like okay. that. Like, it was fairly large, um, and then that was just one event, right? So I'm sure yeah. there was more in the half. So, um, yeah, it was a nice course. Like I thought it was good. There's, uh, lots of the course was really beautiful. Like when you're running along the, the Harbor is really nice. Um, and then some of it was in park or kind of park or woodland throughout the city. So that was nice too. And then some areas, you know, not as spectacular, but it's a very pretty city. So there wasn't any part of the race that wasn't nice. So how does this compare for each of you to all of the other destination events that you've done, Rick? They're, they're all so different, right? They're all so unique. So, I mean, I just enjoyed this one so much. Uh, the people were fabulous. The food's fabulous. Uh, they're very environmentally conscious as well. So you, you don't see, like, garbage on the streets, uh, like, like they take it very, very seriously, and it's just I just can't can't tell I can't say enough that people should go, and also not be so scared about when you know you hear people say, "Oh, it's so expensive." Well, yeah, it's expensive, but you know we've dropped a lot of money at restaurants in Ottawa and in bars in Ottawa for a pint of picking, uh, and. Um, I I didn't find like I I I was warned so many times it's so expensive that it, I I found it wasn't as expensive hmm. as I feared. Right. Uh, and so, for you, Wendy. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was a really different experience. I thought the race, the race itself was really well organized. Um, like my only complaint in terms of if you actually wanted to get a good time, then you'd have to do it a bit differently than I did because I came the day before and then it, you know, it feels like you're getting up at like two o'clock in the morning, which is not a great way to do it. So right. if you wanted to get a good time, you'd have to plan. I think you'd have to plan a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything was, was really neat and, and done very well. And, um, after the race was finished, um, I took our two boys to the public pools in the city and so they've got five different hot tubs in these public pools and it's all heated by natural, um, spring water. And yet they've got each one heated to just like a slightly different temperature. And I have to say that that's probably like the best thing that I've ever done after a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <laughs> perfect. To go to a place where there's natural hot spring hot tubs, um, each heated to a, like a very specific temperature. It was very really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like there's some experiences like that that you know are completely unique to that place. So I definitely agree. It's like it's a great one to do, and it's just I mean you have to, to take you somewhere like that. I think it's nice to have sort of a central event or or draw to plan your your trip around and so that i thought that worked out really well and it's it's probably the best time of the year to visit there because even then which was like end of august it's probably the nicest time of year and the weather after the marathon still very cold so i i don't think i'd want to be there in february right it's a good time of year to go to yeah and what's next have you guys figured out what your next marathon is going to be yeah, I think we're looking at Miami, actually, okay. um, just because the timing works out really good. And the the temperature should be good for that. Like, I think it's like February 7th or something like that. So and never done that one before. So just in terms of like timing and yeah. temperature and things like that. We would like to do Tokyo, but we can't get in. Yeah, I tried yeah, this year, too, yeah. and didn't get in. Yeah. Yeah, so we're with... in the lottery thing yeah. for... Um, with the, with the tour, so hopefully in a couple of years. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations on taking another box, running another destination marathon, visiting another country. It sounds great. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no Thank problem. You. Thanks. That's Wendy Wagner and Rick Dearden. Coming up in the weeks ahead on I Run Radio, stories from the Berlin Marathon and how to keep up the running after you finish a big race. I hope you can join us next week on iRun Radio. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.